you've probably wondered where Sidekicks come from. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun. Welcome to Sidekick Showdown, the podcast that pits your favourite sidekicks head to head and asks the question, who would you want in your corner? I'm Martin Potts, and with me, my wonderful co-host, as ever, it's the lovely Adrian May. Age, how are you? Hey Martin, I'm good, how are you? Top of the world. Fantastic. It's been a while since we've recorded again and you've relocated. You're no longer our London representative. So much has changed. I'm now in the sunny West Midlands in Birmingham. Um, Apologies for the tardiness of our previous episode, which was uh, delayed as a result of that. I vastly underestimated the amount of time that it would uh, take (laughs) me to... um, get my previous uh, your entire property life. ready to move out of yeah exactly yeah. it's funny how quickly you can fill a house with things and how much longer it takes to um empty that house of, of the same things but mm-hmm. i am now mostly unpacked at the very least i've got my laptop and my microphone out and so th- those are the the only the main things everything else is in boxes still yeah well i'm glad you're prioritizing psychic showdown above everything else I am, I am, and uh, we've been a little quiet on Twitter recently as well, and again, that's kind of the same reason, but I, I assure you, dear listeners, that we will be back uh, in, the, in the usual swing of things uh, moving forward, so thank you for sticking with us, and um, the one positive knock-on effect was that it was able to bring this episode a bit closer to actual Halloween, whereas before we had it kind of uh, straddling the, the mid, mid-October, mid which was a bit weird, really, so... Mm-hmm. So that's good news anyway. Uh, and yes, uh, you're right to uh, go ahead with ghost noises, mm-hmm. Age, because it's going to be a, a spooky old time today. Yes. Our 10th episode, Age. Yes, double digits, hitting them big our first, numbers. Uh, yeah, our first kind of major milestone, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I've enjoyed it so far, and hopefully it will continue long into the future. Are, are you still enjoying things, Age? If not, we should probably talk... After the Off, offline yeah 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 uh, no i'm still enjoying things um and uh Good. hopefully our audience is too but to be honest i don't really mind because i just like hey you know having a chat about dumb movies with you every couple of weeks so that's, that's right that's could all be I worse, need to get out it? of it yeah it could be uh, as well as being our 10th episode, this is our the first time we've done a, a kind of themed episode we're uh, looking at the calendar and being a little bit more uh, you know, intuitive in terms of how we uh, tie episodes in with the with that. And we're so edgy, here we're we dynamic, we're hip, we're cool. It's Spook That's City exactly up in here today. Oh, it's positively ghoulish, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Uh, so this is going to be our, our Halloween episode. Uh, finding two sidekicks for Halloween was the real trick, wasn't it? <laughs> we did have quite a few lengthy discussions about... Uh, we, we locked down our first uh, contestant uh, pretty quickly, but yes. for the for the latter, it was quite hard to find someone that was a good fit, um, especially because yeah. neither of us are very into actually legitimately scary movies. So, But I think even there, there's not a huge... I mean, just from what I know of horror films, I'd happily be corrected in time for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of horror films really having sidekicks i just don't think it works that well, way well the really. whole premise it, it, of a horror movie sidekick is you're the one that dies before yeah. the protagonist so that they you know to give that yeah there is that tension there is that so maybe um, we could do one of the um one of the people from the scream movies you know um david arquette or yes, whoever i don't know yes. but it's been a while since i've watched them but anyway uh we do have two sidekicks we managed to just about scrape together uh, <laughs> a, a couple of people to talk about so with that in mind are you ready age I am ready. Let's get into it. Thanks very much for joining us once again. Welcome to the 10th 
and spookiest episode of Sidekick Showdown so far. It's the beatdown in Halloween Town. In the red corner, it's our restless and rebellious ragdoll on a mission, falling from towers as she falls in love. Giving new meaning to the term do-it-yourself, she really will do anything to protect her newfound love, Jack, from the dangers she sees ahead of them. Risking life and definitely limb, she'll do her utmost to protect him from the dangers of Christmas. She's a leaf-stuffed dream within a nightmare and the only one who makes any sense around the insane asylum that is Halloween Town. It's Sally. Mmm. Yes. Mm, who have we got in the blue corner there, Martin? I'll tell ya. In the blue corner, from darkest Transylvania, comes the third generation lab assistant following in his grandfather's footsteps by serving the wicked deeds of Dr. Frankenstein. Or is it Frankenstein? He'll carry your bags, unless they're too heavy, and go about his scientific duties with all due care, unless he's startled by lightning and drops what he's carrying. Damn his eyes, it's Igor. Excuse me, Igor. <laughs> Excellent. Beautiful. Perfect. We are settled that for the rest of the episode we'll be calling him Igor and not Igor, as, right? As best we can remember, which I think I deserve a medal if I get it right every time. That should be. We don't need well, an ages memory test this week. The ages memory test is built into the episode, which is age remembering to say Igor. Well, you get a bonus point if you manage to go the the whole episode referring to him only as Igor. Okay, and I need uh, those except points. of course, except of course, in circumstances where you're mentioning the fact that he's called Igor and not Igor, of course, which is allowable mm-hmm. under the, under the rules. Yes. Um, but yes, we'll, we'll do our best to to stay on the straight and narrow for that one. We don't want to get called um, out by all those young Frankenstein fans oh they're a they're a famously uh, <laughs> rabid mob aren't they right up there with the star wars fanatics absolutely yeah yeah we'd be eviscerated by them our reputation would be dragged through the mud <laughs> well before we get to young frankenstein and it's uh, and it's crazy fan base um let's pick up mm-hmm. with sally in round one round one fight so The Nightmare Before Christmas is a story about Halloween Town, which is a world filled with all things nasty and scary. The things that hide under your bed or give you the spooks and the heebie-jeebies. The Pumpkin King of Halloween Town is Jack Skellington, a a Skellington man, who uh, leads the Halloween festivities every year, but is growing tired of doing the same old thing time and time again ad nauseum. Uh, one day, lamenting his uh, his existence, he stumbles upon, Chris- upon Christmas Town, uh, where he's struck with the inspiration and the joy of Christmas, and he decides to try and get the citizens of uh, Halloween Town to kind of engage in the Christmas festivities instead of just Halloweening it up every year. Um, and then uh, enters Sally. She's in the movie before that, but she becomes particularly relevant when she has a suddenly very dark vision of the Christmassy future. Uh, really dark. Quite dark. In fact, I think the first time I... When I was re-watching it, it took me a second to kind of remember how... Uh, yeah, the, the movie... Dramatic. Yes, dramatic is a very good word. Yes, some of these things are. 
So, mm. uh, and being desperately in love with Jack as she is, she tries to warn him and stop him against his execution of Christmas. Unfortunately, to no avail, he ends up uh, running Christmas as planned, uh, impersonating Santa Claus, who has been uh, otherwise indisposed. <laughs> and uh, he basically sends a whole bunch of monsters to- monster toys to all of the children, makes a big mess of things before eventually, of course, rescuing his lady love and living happily ever after. Rediscovering his love for Halloween, essentially. So that there you go. is your quick-ish summary of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you? What do you, um, what do you think about The Nightmare Before Christmas? Are you, are you a fan of that film? Were you a fan? I'm not. In fact, so um, I... We've discussed previously our our movies that we watched repetitively as children, and I've mentioned that Space Jam was one of mine. But another one that I did was Peter Pan, and I would every time I was sick home from school, I watched Peter Pan, and we had Peter Pan recorded on a on a VCR tape, uh, off TV, animated or live action, animated, obviously. Okay. And uh, on the same VCR tape as Peter Pan, after Peter Pan was The Nightmare Before Christmas, also recorded off TV. And I remember every time I got to the end of Peter Pan, having to like really quickly grab the TV remote and like stopping the video because <laughs> uh, I was really scared of the Nightmare Before Christmas for a very long time. So I'm not one okay, of those so- people who owns, you know, the Jack Skellington wallet or beanie or whatever. I'm the opposite. Okay, so yeah, there's there's a bit of a subculture that kind of developed after the fact about it, mm-hmm. um, which, which is, uh, I've never really really quite got to grips with that but I know when I was in college there were a few people that I would see fairly often and I think that was kind of when it started which would have been kind of 2003-ish yeah I think it very much bloomed alongside the emo culture and I could understand why you could conflate me with that because I was uh anyway I could understand why you could conflate me with that (laughs) But, uh, no. Well, of course, Marilyn Manson did a cover of the entire soundtrack. Yes, and um, Evanescence did a cover album. Did Sally's song? Did they? Amy Lee sang Sally's <laughs> song. Yeah. So it's to check that out. it has uh, deeply invested itself in kind of the or did in the mid two thousands when emo was still a relevant concept. It was very part and parcel with it, and I always felt very much on the outs because I was I was not. Uh, I mean, there it's a good film. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I was never really that that uh, keen on it i guess mm, mm. i always liked it as a kid but uh-huh. i think the the you very much get diminishing returns on tim burton films and i realized that he was not really that hands-on involved mm-hmm. um but um obviously it's very deliberately made to be in the style of well i guess at the time the only thing they really had to go on in that vein was the the two batman films and edward scissorhands which it, which it, the soundtrack in particular is very reminiscent of mm-hmm. obviously danny elfman has been um you know stuck like glue to tim burton for two decades now yes. so uh, it's little wonder that there are some similarities Quite but a few, yes. yeah the the more tim burton films you watch the the less impressive they get i think when you realize that he's essentially got one idea and we'll just transpose that onto multiple um, multiple movies. Yeah. Uh, but I still enjoy uh, enjoy Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, when I was reading about it, I was a bit depressed to find out. So, you know, the song um, "I Miss You" by Blink One Eight Two, which has the reference to uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Are you aware of that? You'll have to refresh my memory. There is a line that says, uh, "We can live like Jack and Sally." 
if oh, you want, I see. we can always find me. And we'll have Halloween on Christmas. Um, so it turns out I was reading like the, I mean, this is very much tangential, but um, I Miss You by Blink-182 was apparently originally inspired by The Love Cats by The Cure, which is an excellent song. Um, moving on from that, though, apparently I Miss You by Blink-182 was the, one of the biggest inspirations for the song Closer by The Chainsmokers, which honestly was just a bit of a depressing outcome to this like previously rather interesting rabbit hole I went down on like researching all of this music that was kind of associated with the film and then the fact that it culminated in the existence of The Chainsmokers. Do you know who The Chainsmokers are, Martin, or are you too old? Uh- I can honestly say I've never heard of the Chainsmokers. Oh my god, I had a really bad feeling that was happening. You've definitely heard this song, but I'm not going to sing it for you because you're the one who does singing and impressions on this show, but uh, <laughs> you can look it up later. It's gimmick infringement. I'll, I'll sue you if you, uh, if you <laughs> yeah, step on my no. toes. Your thing is to remember things or not. Well, yeah, my thing is to try and remember things. Yours is to do the impressions. Yes. Uh, any... Um, any favourite tunes on the on the Nightmare soundtrack, at least? Um, the first one. Hmm. I mean, well, we've 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 set a new record age because I don't think we've ever done Ages Memory Test this early in the episode. Oh. But I I tricked you into mentioning it because I knew you'd say it. Um, and uh, with that in mind, let's right off the bat get it out of the way. Let's go straight into Ages Memory Test. So, the introductory song, This Is Halloween, is a a journey through the uh, nice introduction to the concept of Halloween Town and also many of its characters. Mm -hmm. Now, in the song, in the the lyrics, uh, obviously you meet several characters, but specifically there are six people who introduce themselves. Now, they may have real names, but obviously what I want is the way they introduce themselves in the song. Do you understand what I'm asking you? The way they introduce themselves. Yeah, so it will be, um, every line begins, I am the, you know what I mean? Oh, God. I hope you have very low expectations for this. Very, very low. Uh, there are six of them. I'll take three as a pass mark. Um. <laughs> Should I take one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. In the town of Halloween, I am the... Is one hiding under a bed? Because that's what monsters do. I am the one hiding under your bed is the very first one. Are you that's serious? Correct. <laughs> I am the one hiding under your bed. Fabulous. Okay. Eyes glowing red. I literally only got that because it's in my notes of the plot summary, is the things that hide under your bed. So that's good. Oh, okay. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think... I am the one that gives you the heebie-jeebies is a line from the song, which is another <laughs> another note in my plot summary. So, uh, I am, what else? Well, let do this be a lesson to you to pay attention not just to the plot but to the songs. Uh, yeah, you're the music boy though. Here, am I going to have to run you through these? Yeah, run me through them. Okay, so I am the one hiding under your bed. Um, teeth, something sharp, and eyes glowing red. So that's the one. Fabulous. Uh, I am the one hiding under your stairs. Okay. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. Okay. And then later on you get, I am the clown with the tear away face. Okay. Uh, and yeah. he tears and he tears his face off. Yeah. And then the really hard one because it's almost unintelligible. You can bear. I had to look up what they actually say. Uh, I am the who when you call who's there. Okay. And then 
I am the wind blowing through your hair. Uh-huh. And then finally you get Oogie Boogie on the silhouetted on the moon and he says, I am the shadow on the moonlit night. Fabulous. Well, um... you know what? I always think about this and we had a tweet about our uh, a previous episode uh-huh. um, from Verbal Diorama, who's uh, another another uh, podcast due to start up imminently, which uh-huh. uh, we're looking forward to immensely. And uh, I think it was the labyrinth one. And she was just basically saying she was sat there screaming, at, you know, oh, I saw that tweet. To- to listen to her headphones. I'm sorry, and, and I like, uh, just like very quietly ignored it on my own Twitter timeline. I follow her as well, she's quite funny. But I was like, I'm sorry to let you down. But I know for a fact that there will be some not- Nightmare fans out there that are annoyed and have been screaming those, at least internally, hopefully not externally, um, to themselves. But um, Bad Luck Age, uh, that was obviously a bridge too far for you. Uh, obviously, you're not due to win again until episode 12. Yeah, so this well, is just, just trying to keep the fans um, in line with form. So no problem. It's my civic duty, though, I would just like to say. Like, I've, I've, I like that maybe I give the, the listeners at home a feeling of self-satisfaction that at least they are better than me in this respect. You know, like it's kind of it's a selfless act. Yes, there's nothing like making an audience feel that they're more of an expert at something than the person, the person whose expertise they're yeah. listening to. Uh-huh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sure that they um, they feel that after most episodes anyway. Mm. Um, join us again next time for another fantastic round of Age's Memory Test, which she'll fail. Uh, and then the one after she'll, she'll succeed at. Yeah, God, um, let's hope. But that's done and dusted. That's out of the way. Now back over to you, Age. Tell us about... Sally. Little Sally. Thank God. I'm always relieved when Age's memory test is over. <laughs> do, you, do you spend the whole uh, episode on just like walking on eggshells? Well, and sometimes I try out? and like predict what, what, what it might be. This was not one of my predictions. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know. I, in fact, I don't think I've predicted correctly any time. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, Sally, the subject of uh, this first half of our episode anyway... She, as a character in her own right, she uh, is, I think, for for the for the movie that we're watching, um, she's like probably a degree more complex than a lot of the psychics we get here on this show. Under the circumstances, I would say. I mean, she has a relatively straightforward storyline, um, but in terms of like character characterization wise, I think she's got a fair bit of nuance. Would you agree? Do you want me to justify yeah, absolutely, my position? Quite- no, not at all. I, I'll, I'll, I think I'll probably agree. She's quite a tragic character, really. Yeah, and she's, you know, she's very, like, in a lot of small gestures, she is um, explored a lot. Her, her kind of bashfulness when she takes the food to Jack and leaves it there. Her, um, her forthrightness. Her kind of, she's very like bold, uh, especially with her literal captor, who keeps her locked up. Um, like, but at the same time, she's very sweet and caring. She's strong-willed. She's also quite sad. Like, she does have a lot of, for, especially for a kids' movie, one of this length and, you know, what is kind of inherently a bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say Halloween inspires, like, the happiest, most fun ideas. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she does have, like, quite a bit of characterization to her. Possibly even yeah, more than yeah, Jack, definitely. who's just kind of single-minded one one track uh, one path one kind of personality yeah um well she certainly got 
you know her own aims and dreams mostly to kind of live a, a free life it's, it's interesting actually given our, our second sidekick because she's got she appears to be a kind of frankenstein's monster sort mm-hmm. of um thing although a lot more um sentient and and intelligent than generally a frankenstein's monster character would be uh, portrayed yes yeah, it's fun. Although I've never seen her dance to putting on the Ritz, so that's um... true. Uh, which honestly, <laughs> that counts again. I'm going to take that into consideration. Final score. I've knocked points off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's fair. Um, it's funny because when I was like reading, doing my research as I as as we do, um, one of her on her like the Disney Wikipedia page, she has a description, and basically down the side, there's like a character information section that's almost like a dating profile, and it's really <laughs> like. It's really weird to read, you know, she's got her personality is shy, romantic, lonely, kind, clumsy, honest, quick thinking, caring, resourceful, a whole whole list of things. She's got like yeah. um her likes and dislikes which is her, right. so her likes are Jack, cooking, yeah, freedom, celebrations, helping Jack and sewing. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, so yeah, this is now starting to sound like the interests section that you put on your CV at the end. Uh-huh, and yeah. like, but but I don't think sewing is like a hobby as much as it's yeah. a necessity. Similarly, her and... dislikes are listed as dislikes: Jack tampering with Christmas, being scolded by Doctor Finkelstein, and imprisonment. Yeah. Well, again, I think. If you were putting down your interests, you wouldn't put freedom on it, would you? Yeah. you just <laughs> I think for most people, like that's sort of a well, given. I like freedom, I dislike imprisonment. You know, I'm a very interesting person. No, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just unique to me. Uh-huh, I, you yeah, know, yeah. go of, freedom. Go freedom. Down with imprisonment for me personally as an individual. I hate that shit. Yeah. yeah, so I was, um, I, I, I got a bit of a chuckle like out of that, but I think it, Maybe it does reflect the kind of the uh, the interesting aspects of her character that she really does explicitly dislike prison imprisonment. Uh, and as a result, of course, she tries to escape pretty on, on what seems like a, a, a bi-weekly basis or similar. It's sort of uh, implied. Um, yes. One thing that did kind of confuse me is mm-hmm. towards the end she seems a bit bothered. Right, it's like right at the end of the film she seems kind of bothered when she sees the Doctor with the new woman that he's created. Yeah, and I'm like, why? I thought you wanted to be like rid of him. Surely you should be like few or something. I don't know. Maybe but it's like, is that a like a Stockholm syndrome thing. Yeah, I was thinking that's exactly what I was thinking. But I mean, I guess it it just doesn't have time to elaborate on that. I, I suppose, but it's kind of an interesting yes. touch. My question: mm-hmm. Did he want? Did he want? Because she seems to be something of a romantic interest for him, right? The new one. Uh huh. Yes. Did he want Sally to be that? I don't know. It's really weird and creepy. That I, I don't think I'd remembered that kind of dynamic. Even that thought had never crossed my mind until doing my notes for this, and I was like, "Oh yeah, wait a minute. Is that what he was after? Like a, a romantic companion, and yeah. he wanted Sally to be that? That's odd." Because it was kind of to me, it was always kind of this like weird creepy and bad but like paternalish thing yeah that's it yeah um like overprotective paternalist and then i kind of watching it this time i was like there's still that but there's also this other thing going on and i don't know how i feel about it i do know how yeah. i feel about it i feel bad about it dislikes weird abusive child romantic things is my dislikes mm. on my disney wikipedia page <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, again, we all let's take it as a, as read that we all dislike that. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yeah. Um, I like. Here's what I like about Sally. She can take care of herself. She can poison mm-hmm. people. That's inspiring. She can literally put herself back together, metaphorically and uh, actually, which is better than most human beings. Certainly. Um, better than I can do. Um, yep. She's stuffed with dead leaves inside. That's uh, cool. That's neato. Although she should have been a lot more worried when that um, little tree caught fire because leaves, are, dry leaves, are pretty flammable. What? She needs to be more careful. Yeah. Well, she, you know, she doesn't mind. She'll do whatever she needs to do for what's right. And she'll do whatever she needs to do for Jack. And that is a great natural organic segue into talking about how she helps Jack. Yes, that was uh, barely noticeable. Completely seamless. Unlike her, am I right? Aha, hey yo, lots of seams. Wow, we are podcasting gods today. <laughs> <laughs> we should take month-long breaks more often. <laughs> That's right, come back feeling really refreshed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, shall we go, shall we complete my segue then? Go full circle? Certainly. Fantastic. Um, so, as a, as a psychic, she... Okay, the thing I like about her kind of role with Jack is she helps him while also, like, trying to prevent him from doing it. Which I think yep. is a little more... Uh, it's a little, like, it's a little different from the usual side sidekick track. They're either actively preventing the person from doing what they think is wrong or they're just like endlessly supporting them she makes him his suit still but is like listen dude this is not right he should not do this yeah. He's- here's the suit I've done the suit uh-huh. but I don't think you should use the just suit use it like around here just hang out in it don't yeah. even worry looks about great. it yeah it looks great uh, brings out your lack of eyes N- or nice set of pajamas for you. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. Especially in winter. I don't know if seasons exist in Halloween Town, but um, at, but at the same time, she uses that opportunity, like as well as to be close to him because she's in love with him, but also mm. to uh, you know to tell him that she she thinks that what he's doing is wrong. And when he ignores her because he's you know strong headed and stubborn, dumbass, and a dumbass, yes. She, you know, she risks her life. She puts herself at risk for a Santa that she doesn't even know. That's true. That's true. She's the only, she seems to be the uh, the only sort of rational, clear-minded person in Halloween Town, basically. Well, as um, is, as is, you know, acknowledged explicitly. Yes, quite. Yes. Quite. Um, but, I mean, it's, you know, Jack is a close second in terms of ability to see through the fog Ha ha! Hey. Hey, hey. Um, and and you know actually devise a plan that is sensible and and, and rational. The um, the kids, the trick or treaters, are probably next. Yeah. <laughs> at least they, they seem to have like a modicum of intelligence. At least, even if they're doing a bad. Yeah. 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 But yeah. but they they're doing a bad on purpose. Yes. You know? Yes. And a, a well thought out bad. Hmm. Yes. Uh, but so yes, Jack is too uh, caught up in his own mm-hmm. enthusiasm. Let's call it to uh, to pay attention to what she's saying. To be and, fair, he does think that the citizens of Halloween Town are doing what he asked them to do. He doesn't know that they're 
making monsters of everything. So he is, you know, he's not... I mean, he should listen to Sally, probably, if he well, respects her. he a does walk up to a guy who, when they're making the presents, and uh-huh. is like, um, how about a dead bat as a hat? And that's his suggestion. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think... I think it's more that he doesn't understand what you're supposed to be doing, which is funny because he's like, oh, they don't understand this Christmas thing. They, they don't get it. It's like, you don't fucking get it, mate. Like, <laughs> you've been to Christmas Town, and what you got out of it was that people like dead animals as headwear. Yeah. I feel like there's maybe some like deep allegorical meaning here of like, you know, how, you know, leaders take you know half in, half baked information and you know hatch these ridiculous plans that basically just screw over everyone yeah although actually i was thinking of like um when a big corporation gets wind of something popular and tries to ride the bandwagon oh, and just like yeah, fucks totally it up altogether yeah like and, when you know, take something that's really genuine uh-huh. and has come out of nowhere like when brands do memes yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and uh, exactly. And their and their Facebook or their Twitter are posting some kind of joke and just trying to just trying to like, but you see, we're so hip and we're cool. We're fun by our product, and yeah, yeah, that's 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 actually a really. I really, I just thought of that, and that's such a. I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> I love um, that you're analogy. Just praising I think. your own insightfulness. I've just thought of that. I'm amazing. <laughs> I am pretty amazing. That's true. But it's no, right, isn't it? That is what that is exactly what it's like. And and what they're trying to sell you is a dead rat as a hat. Uh-huh. Wow, Jesus. You are I think we might have to stop the episode there because that's that's a showstopper. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Birmingham's um, really doing stuff to your to your intellect and wisdom. That's right. So it's not really clear why she fancies Jack. Is it just because he's the big man on campus is it is i, think I guess that's what it she is she sees right? herself you know in this in the you know when she follows him at the start and hears him singing his song about how sad he is he only gets one holiday every oh, all I see. the time she's kind of sees her her own a kindred spirit uh-huh, anxieties and worries and fears and stuff reflected in reflected in him i think she's mm. she's got the because he is the you know big man on campus or whatever uh before that and she's got that same kind of doe-eyed crush on him that everyone has but then that's the moment where she realizes that they that you know they're more similar than she than she thought before yeah exactly um yes that that, that's probably true so obviously she does a, a few things other than warning him not to go ahead with his christmas plan she also puts together a lovely gift hamper for him she does what is the powder she puts in the drink oh Oh, is that just what then comes... Because something comes out when he opens the bottle, right? And it turns into a, a oh, butterfly. Oh, that's right. Okay. So I think that's just... It's just... That's what that is, I okay. think. Okay. Um, could... I'm sure she's not trying to, like, drug him like she does to the That was uh, the what doctor. I thought. <laughs> and I rewatched the scene again today to see if I... But to, admittedly, I stopped when she kind of delivered the package, so I forgot, didn't make that connection. But yes, that's fair. Although maybe she should have. There's probably an argument to say that maybe she should have drugged him and therefore, and then the plan would have gone ahead. But she didn't know at that point, hey. But she's clearly very adept at drugging people, so maybe she She's done have. this before. Yes. She's done it before, hasn't she? But yes, she. I, I also like her kind of, um, when she tries to rescue Santa and ends up being captured herself, uh she kind of has that faith that Jack, that Jack will come through and then when he does um, of course come and rescue her he she just you know she forgives him she knows that he wasn't being malicious she's genuine and she's 
I don't know, just kind. She is. She is. And, uh, you know, we talked about Garth last time and how quick yeah. to forgive Wayne he was of his transgressions. And, uh, again, we've got someone with a, a, a gentle heart, like Garth. <laughs> like Garth. I think maybe that's the first time in the history of the world the comparison between Garth and Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas has, has ever been made. I stand by it. That's the kind of insightful content you can expect here on Sidekick Showdown. Every fortnight, week in, week, well, fortnight in, fortnight out, we're here to give you drop wisdom like that. So, I don't want to force the issue because as much as she does some great things and is a, a, an important character, she doesn't have a huge amount of screen time. Um, no. So, it, it is very much, uh, you know, obviously it's not a long film anyway, and, and but anytime she's on screen she's doing something fairly important, so mm-hmm. that's good. And she's quite um, a captivating character, I think, as well, you would say. I mean, she's, the both of them are, are quite, I would say, disproportionately iconic almost for the... For the uh, compared to the movie itself as a whole, uh, yeah, I mean the you know Jack's face is basically a logo, mm-hmm. and and yeah, Sally's instantly recognisable. I think to any anybody who's remotely a film fan would know exactly who that is. They wouldn't wouldn't even necessarily have had to see the movie, right? Yeah. Um, not too funny. No, she's not. She is a bit of a downer at times. Yeah, I mean, all right. I appreciate you had the vision and everything, uh-huh. and saw the fire, and, that you're, town. and the whole town. world's gonna be ruined if they go ahead with the plan. But lighten up, yeah. God. Come on, take a chill pill, Jeez. take a Valium, man. Relax. Um, so, with that in mind, I, I I don't have anything else really to cover that apart from the thing that I want to bring up in Knockout Blow. Is there anything pressing on your mind still that we've not covered? No, I'm uh, I'm I'm ready to move on. Okay, let's go to knockout blow. Knockout blow. So my knockout blow for our dearest Sally is when she uh, goes to rescue Santa. Basically, I particularly like the uh, the seductive, sexy leg peeking <laughs> through the bars. Um, and uh, it's distraction to the Oogie Boogie. Again, kind of weird vibes coming from that scene, but very... Clearly has a foot fetish, doesn't he? Clearly, yeah, yeah, or a sexy leg fetish, and who doesn't, really? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, she literally is willing to risk her limbs uh, in order to, to, save, to save Santa, even though she ends up getting captured. She gets her hand doing its spider thing. She's... Uh, I think she just puts a lot on the line for 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 a Santa Claus that she's never never really met much before, except nice. to steal his hat. On that note, yes, uh, Oogie Boogie is a great villain. Hey, yeah, he's good. Like Im- instantly, at once, really funny, and then really terrifying, and then really gross as well. Yeah, which is a a, a great um, a great three part combo, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, right, my knockout blow for S- Sally. Um, I can't, you know, she does a lot of good things, and that the thing that you mentioned was was certainly on the short list. But I can't overlook someone who is such a badass that they're willing to throw themselves out of a high window <laughs> f- in the in the pursuit of their cause, and then sew themselves Casually back together themselves and perform together. perform surgery on herself. That is, I mean, that is just. Uh, commitment to the cause that you don't see a lot. Well, I mean, as we know now, one of her likes is sewing. So maybe she was just looking for the excuse. 
Surprising they didn't say like um, cliff jumping or something as a hobby. <laughs> Tower leaping, yeah. (laughs) She loves leaping to almost certain doom. Um, But there you go, that's my knockout blow for Sally. Fantastic, go Sally. And that's Sally. So with no further ado, Mm -hmm. let's move in to round two. Round two, fight! Uh, Right, young Frankenstein. Um, I'll recap the, the... plot briefly um so stars gene wilder the um well you, you need his uh, mad energy for this film i think <laughs> don't do. you? he's per- perfectly cast as uh, frederick frankenstein the um sorry frank and what grand the, the grandson of the famous victor frankenstein who uh, is trying to essentially hide from his past by not changing his name but um ensuring that it's never mispronounced uh and insisting on everyone referring to him as Frankenstein, um, which has a kind of there's a, an old sitcom here in the UK age, which I, I'm sure you will not have seen called uh, "Keeping Up Appearances." And oh, the, the main I character in there have. is uh, Mrs. Bouquet. Oh, you have. Oh, Mrs. Bucket. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Hyacinth Bouquet. So yeah, had the had a kind of Hyacinth Bouquet kind of uh, thing to it, but um, he's called I, to. I hate that show. Yeah, it's rubbish. Well, um, I just found out like two days ago that my boyfriend loves that show and in fact intentionally watched oh, has watched God's all sake. of it all the way through twice, like in the last three or four years. So He is going down in the estimation. But anyway. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll take that with him in person in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um The so he's called to Transylvania. Um, I believe it's his great grandfather's will that's being uh, supposed to be read out. I, although, unless I missed it, there's never a scene where that happens. No. I'm sure he's invited under the pretense of it being to do with a will, but I'm I'm, I'm almost certain that that got dropped. I unless I uh, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about spaced it. out for a bit. <laughs> um, he is met at the uh, at the Transylvanian train station by Igor, <laughs> who <laughs> corrects him basically in response to the, him insisting on being called Frankenstein uh, corrects him and, and says that it's pronounced Igor so whether or not he was known as Igor right up until that point and then just despite <laughs> Frankenstein um, I like that knows. telling of things in any case the weird thing is uh, Franken- Frankenstein seems initially to not be interested in his grandfather's work at all or at least claims it uh, but upon arrival at the castle, um, essentially attempts to replicate and improve upon his grandfather's works, which he ultimately succeeds in doing. Uh, hilarity ensues, mm-hmm. the ta- and then really from there it plays out essentially just as a comedy version of the Frankenstein story, which is that the townsfolk... Actually, I've never read Frankenstein, so I'm way out of my depth here. Um, but as you can imagine, the townsfolk don't react too well, but they ultimately play a trick on the townsfolk and, and transfer part of the doctor's mind into the monster so that he is becomes more intelligent and more sentient uh, and the townsfolk leave him alone and everyone hooks up with everybody and they all live bafflingly ever after to be fair <laughs> i've also never read frankenstein um i don't think in uh the novelization uh there is a transfer of intelligence for no. either literal sexual prowess or actual 
physical, you know, sexual prowess that's implied that occurs. I don't, I mean, I'm not sure. Feel free to fact check me on that one, but I don't think that happens. <laughs> you are probably right. The The scene with the, where they tap dance um, is, uh, I'm pretty sure that is in the Mary Shelley uh, novel. So Absolutely. Uh, faith, faithfully uh, recreated mm-hmm. uh, in this movie. Um it was the first time for both of us age watching Young Frankenstein. It Firstly, was. what did you think the plot was was going to be? Did was that what you thought it was, or or, or what? Uh, I I basically thought it was. I forgot that it was a Mel Brooks Brooks film until the kind of opening opening sequence, obviously, where it was there. My expectations prior to that were that it would just be like your Frankenstein, your regular run-of-the-mill Frankenstein movie that's been told eight hundred times. Well, you see, the thing is, I thought because it was called Young Frankenstein, oh. I thought it was about Victor Frankenstein's young younger days. Oh, like or maybe a prequel like Frankenstein to Frankenstein. Like, 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 uh, like the, the Rugrats version. I knew that Gene Wilder would play Doctor Frankenstein, but I thought that basically they were going to have him be say fifty, whereas let's say in the novel he's seventy or something. Uh, and so, okay. I thought it was almost like a prequel to the Frankenstein story. So I was obviously completely way off the mark there, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised to find that it was actually to do with his grandson, and I thought that that worked really well. Can I ask a question? Yes, go ahead. Okay, because we've now mentioned Gene Wilder again specifically. Does is it just me, or does young Gene Wilder look like a young Eric Idle? Oh yeah, they've got a really similar face. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Good. And also, they you know in a way, even though of course one is British and one's American, they kind of speak a bit alike as well. They've both yeah. got this quite, quite sort of soft voice. And the um, affectation the, of the vo- like yeah 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 a slightly effeminate kind of. Um, mm-hmm thing that's going on yeah no absolutely very open face like their big eyes and they're kind of very open uh yeah their expressions and stuff are kind of innocent looking yeah okay i'm glad it's not just Uh, yeah no yeah no absolutely i totally totally agree with that um so the only other mel brooks film i've ever watched that i can think of is uh robin hood men in tights you haven't seen blazing saddles no ah probably like it hey well what i like about both those films is a lot of the jokes and i like the really dumb jokes um the the ongoing gag of the spinning bookcase and Uh the ridiculous game of charades which i'll come on to in a minute the Um, what hump moment yeah (laughs) and but then the other thing that Mel Brooks films have in common are wafer-thin plots yep. and just bizarre endings, just really odd endings that that I don't that seem to come out almost from nowhere. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, so yeah, bizarre. Um, let's move on to Igor, uh, who is introduced as um, as the good doctor arrives in in Transylvania. And wait, can uh, I just make a small objection? Certainly. Mel Brooks uh, did Spaceballs, if I recall correctly, and that does not have a way of a thin, thin plot. That is an excellent film. You haven't seen Never it. Never seen it. I'll take and your you word for it. you need to, so that we can so. compare movies to, to Star Wars. 
<laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, well, I'll be sure to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to Igor. Yes. Uh, so Igor is introduced at the train station and he um, goes to help the doctor with his bags and, and then realizes that one is far too heavy and leaves him to it <laughs> and takes his much, uh, his much smaller hand luggage. Um, so really starting off on a strong to... sidekick note. That's right. How best to put this? He doesn't do loads, does he? No, this is where you start to see the kind of the vague notes of desperation that we had in, in trying to plan for our Halloween episode that yeah. we both simultaneously picked a movie that neither of us had ever seen and it yeah. slightly backfired because um, our quote-unquote sidekick is, uh, well... Well, he seems nice enough. Seems like a nice boy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's getting high on his uh, Miometer score for you, is that right? Yeah. yeah, so here's what I can say. He's got a strong sense of duty. He's He seems to have been living at the castle despite the fact that there was no living Dr. Frankenstein, but is completely resigned to the fact that his sole purpose in life is to be the assistant to a Dr. Frankenstein, and he will certainly come along at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his grandfather was uh, the assistant to Victor Frankenstein, it's not really explicitly said, but that presumably their respective fathers also knew each other, but not, you know, that's yeah. uh, no not, not really explicitly stated. Um, but yeah, he seems perfectly content to fulfill his role as the assistant to uh, Dr. Frankenstein, although inexplicably brings along a further assistant yes. uh, in Inga. Who does even less, and you you can't help but think that you've got two characters, Inga and Igor, and they could have been combined into a character which I would call Igor <laughs> not Ingor no, there's no real need for her at all, is there I think there uh, is except a need for, for the very end of the film two needs for her and they're. Uh... <laughs> I don't need Lefty to say that. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't really do anything until, like, the very, very last scene of the film, so. <sighs> very odd. Very odd. <laughs> Where she. Tell me about what she does in the last scene of the film. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so, he. I'd like to think that Igor's doing a lot off screen that we don't see happening uh, okay. that is in support of. Uh, Frankenstein, but we, we can only really work with what's put in front of us, right? <laughs> I'm really enjoying the the floundering. I mean, because I've got nothing, so I'm really enjoying the floundering okay. that we're having to do in terms of because yeah, you're right. As I said, he, he does very little. As I said, he performs his role fairly dutifully, at least willingly. Mm-hmm. Um, however, here are some things that he does as well. Uh, <laughs> The, the He thinks that sedative is a word. Yep. Um, he's terrible at charades and is completely unable, although Inga is uh, guilty of the same, completely unable to use uh, his brain and um, figure out that the doctor is, is asking for the sedative. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst thing he does, of course, which does have a, a fairly major knock-on effect on, on the film, is that when he is taking the brain to be used for the reanimation, he, takes he is startled by lightning and drops the jar and smashes it and ends up switching in an 
abnormal brain. Abby normal. Uh, Abby normal, which is uh, later revealed, although kind of telegraphed as well, to be the brain of Victor Frankenstein, his uh, his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of fucks everything up. Yes. Just Although it's hard to know what would have happened if they'd used the brain that they were supposed to use, you know, because ultimately when they bring this guy back to life, all he does is go, anyway, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but definitely it would have been a less interesting film. <laughs> That's right. Um, the only other thing that he really does of, of major note is that when Dr. Frankenstein's uh, fiance arrives at the castle late in the movie, he uh, attempts to um, sexually harass her and seduce her. Mm-hmm. Do you want to he's, talk about it? He's a real treasure. Do you want to talk about the other thing or not? You can go for it. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? I don't care if it's 1973 or not. What the fuck is with the scene where Frankenstein's monster rapes that woman? Well, uh, Mel Brooks. And then is immediately played for laughs as well. Yeah. Yeah, I know, different times, different standards, etc. And I understand she seems to enjoy it so there's you know I, I, uh, I take the, the that. old Game of Thrones justification which you don't get because you haven't seen it but there's an episode of Game of Thrones where people where there's oh, stop bringing it up <laughs> non-consensual sex that ends with like the well she enjoys it at the end so it's okay mm. really odd scene totally really yeah. out of place like, and, and, and the thing is why not just do if you're going to do that scene it's fine why not her be turned on okay I realise this is still problematic in some ways, uh-huh. but why not when he flops his old fella out, why not have her be sort of receptive to that, you know? And then at least it would look like she's like, oh, okay, I'm excited then. Not like you're just doing it. <laughs> yeah, Fucking you know, really weird. you're not wrong. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, so weird. It is... It, it is... Um, unnecessary and kind of icky and I would really love it one day if we could have an episode without at least one problematic character one day one day that's the dream but I know what you mean it's been it's been too often we see we seem to review a lot of uh, bullies um, and sexual uh, harassers sexual harassers and yeah sexual deviants of many kinds Um, so yeah um, ultimately Igor, uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, there we go. There it is. Ultimately, uh, Igor doesn't have a huge amount to do. He seems to enjoy the dessert that they they have. Um, <laughs> but let this be a lesson to you. If you're planning on doing a podcast or any kind of uh, review, um, it's probably best if you have a vague idea what it is you're reviewing but as we did mention at the start finding two halloween based sidekicks was surprisingly tricky we'll be a lot more on the money next year i'm sure <laughs> you know, here i'll make a case for igor go for it i think and i think i've made this case for someone who's equally annoying and pathetic in the past but i don't remember who so i think igor is not necessarily uh frankenstein's 
uh, sidekick. He's kind of the audience's sidekick. A lot of mm-hmm. his things, the things that he does, stay with me, make the, the, the media itself better for the audience. So Stealing the Wrong Brain would have been a really boring movie otherwise. The whole era. Well, he's pretty funny as well. Like, most of the things he does are pretty funny and, like, exactly, he's got some good gags. Exactly. The Walk This Way thing. I've had that song now stuck in my head all week. But that's, you know, it inspired one of Aerosmith's most famous songs. Um, that's right. Um, I'm sure I read that, but I find it very hard to believe. The, the song lyrics don't really have, uh, well, yeah, very little in common apart from those three words. <laughs> Look, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but he, you know, he, 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 he does. He's funny. He's he's the sidekick of the people, not of Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, How would you rate that argument out of ten? How do we do? Do you think anyone bought it? Pass. I'm I'm sure we'll find out. Fair enough. Um, I'm ready. At, at the risk of our episodes getting shorter and shorter, shorter and shall shorter. we go to Knockout Blow? We need to find some more compelling sidekicks. Tweet us your recommendations at SKSD Podcast. Let's go to Knockout Blow, Age, shall we? Knockout Blow. Okay. I thought long and hard about this <laughs> immediately before our episode began. Yes, while on the Skype already with me, yes. You'll recall in the scene where they do the actual reanimation process yeah. that... Um, the doctor is calling out instructions to throw the relevant switches. Yeah. And Igor is very reluctant and reticent about throwing the third switch because he knows that is serious business then. Uh-huh. But showing his loyalty to Dr. Frankenstein... <laughs> yep. He goes and he throws that switch a third time, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> And wow. by golly, if that doesn't make all the difference and get that monster to wake up. <laughs> wow, okay, well. Uh, no arguments here, I guess. Do you, do you think anyone bought that? <laughs> <laughs> Pass again. <laughs> um, <sighs> well, it's, uh, it's at least it's better than mine, which is why Go on, I've, then, already, let's hear I've already... Uh, foreshadowed, which is my knockout blow for Igor, is um, him stealing the wrong brain. Because uh, A, it's a decent gag, but B, like, you get a few gags out of it. You get the you know the lightning, and he gets shocked with his appearance, and he drops it, and that's funny. You get the Abbey Normal gag, which is a classic. And also, you know, it, it, it otherwise you just get this boring scholar guy come back to life, and he would just do nothing and be really boring. It would be dumb. Now we get a fun, great movie. We get the whole dance scene, as we mentioned. You know, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's great. It really puts the wheels in motion, it doesn't really it? It does, yeah. <laughs> Coming as it does, a full halfway through the film. Yep, there you go. There's my there's my knockout blow for Igor. Pow Brilliant. pow, take that one, Sally. <laughs> well, uh. That's our two sidekicks. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the scores. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and check out our scores for Sally. Comedicness. Two. 
four. Shenanigans. Seven. Seven. Sidekickery. Seven. Seven. The Meowita. Six. Six. Subtotal. Twenty-two. Twenty-four. Well, there we have it. Let's go into our uh, scores for Igor. Comedicness. Six. Seven. Shenanigans. Three. Four. Sidekickery. Five. Four. The Meowiter. Four. Subtotal 18 17 There we have it uh, Looking at our top 10 You need a score of 49 To make it above Guardians of the Galaxy Who are rooted to the bottom And looking nervously As the rising tide approaches Nothing to fear today, however. <laughs> I think this is the first time ever we've not had a single new entrant into the, the top ten. So um, I'll tell you what, that, that, that top ten is getting increasingly elite. You can't have any old Tom, Dick or Harry breaking into that uh, that league table nowadays. It no. needs to be... We're going to have to have a middle game. ten now. So with uh, a grand total of 35 in the runners-up position, it's Dr. Frankenstein's... Loyal-ish servant-ish Igor. But winning today's episode of Sidekick Showdown, if they can't make it into the top 10, at least they can get a mark in the W column. Uh, And with a total score of 46, it's Sally. That's not, that's not that's not the woo you were doing, is it? No, but you, you're right. <laughs> you were doing I the done woo a of cheer from the start. You were doing the woo of muted elation, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, at wow. least you'll be able to hear some lovely Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack music in the background now. That's uh, uh, always a, always a plus well, and, a, and a good takeaway. You haven't done an impression for us this time. We're bef- with the Nightmare Before Christmas music. Uh, I know. Can, I, we, I, can you give us a I, I little bit think, of a tune? I, oh, I'll tell you. Okay, I'll do. Um, I'll do. Uh, in this town, don't we love it now? Everybody's waiting for the next surprise. It's no good. Beautiful. It's not much of an impression. I did a little I mean, head, head bob along it, but... with it though, so that counts. Oh yeah, I, I had like my arms out to the sides, like oh. doing a sort of fat man pose. You know, <laughs> the standard. You know, your standard fat man pose. Well, it's just how I stand all the it's time. Like actually, chubby now. Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, so, a, a cracking win for Sally, fairly uh, by the book. But as I, as I mentioned, you've got to be elite to get into our top ten. And I'm afraid that Sally has fallen not far short, but short nonetheless. She has not managed it, unfortunately. Just imagine how hard it's going to be to get into our top ten in like a year's time. Yeah, we're like, going to have to rethink our, uh, our you know, dis- our metrics. I think of how how we talk about them. We'll have to have to. I don't know congratulate people on cracking being above stiff well, I might, maybe I'll yeah maybe I'll extend it to a uh, top 20 or something to yeah. uh, to allow um, to allow that um, but anyway that's another episode done and dusted our 10th episode um, yes. not our best sidekicks it must be said but no, they can't all be winners it. 
No, and I still enjoy chatting about it with you, Age. That's the main thing. Oh, thank you. And plus, that's the point of our show. You know, we don't just look at the at the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Serenity and the Genies. Your Lord of of the Rings. Exactly. We'll take a look at everyone. Any psychics you've got, we'll consider. um, Yeah. We'll give them a round. They deserve deserve a bit of the spotlight, even if they're as useless as Igor. That's the whole point. That's why we started this up, to uh, Mm -hmm. throw that spotlight onto characters who otherwise uh, may have gone unnoticed and in some cases perhaps should have. (laughs) Yeah, it should have stayed that way. And at least now we have a very scientific and empirical measurement of uh, which sidekick you actually do want in your corner, which that's that's the dream. That's our goal. That's that was the whole reason really was mm-hmm. to figure out who was the one we most wanted. But yeah. um, coming up very shortly, as ever, our excellent after the bell quotes. Unlike mm-hmm. last episode, I am not abstaining. I have a quote ready. <laughs> that's isn't that exciting. Uh, but before we get on to that, uh, age, why don't you tell us about the next episode and also tell the good folks how they can support the pod. Oh, so our next episode will be coming to you on the 11th of November. It's November already somehow. And uh, we're looking at Ray Stance from Ghostbusters versus Ford Prefect from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So that should be a fun one. Both kind of cult classics in their own way. Um, with the uh, eagerly anticipated by all of you, I'm sure, episode The Despair in Times Square. And... In the meantime, as ever, you can listen to us, as you hopefully are on one of these platforms, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or CastBox. Presumably you've already... If you're listening somewhere else, let us know where. Let us know, yeah, because yeah, we, we should probably know about that. Um, and uh, give us a rate, give us a review, give us a like, subscribe, all of those sorts of things. iTunes reviews are great. Maybe one day we'll have enough that they'll actually show up on iTunes, but uh, we, we can... It's good to have goals. That's right. If you want to keep up to date with all of our goings on, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash sidekick showdown podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at SKSD podcast. We'll be cracking on with our Instagram soon in the future. So keep an ear and an eye out for that. And now we can go to after the bell. We didn't actually decide who was going to go first here, did we? We did not. Do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, yours, is, yours is actual advice, so... Okay. Cool. Sally, I don't have a lot for her because she's, as we said, kind of a downer and she doesn't really give great or inspiring advice. But just a nice sentiment to end on this episode when she and Jack, in perfect harmony, say slash sing, for it is plain as anyone can see, we're simply meant to be. And that's how I feel about you, dear listeners. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. No. <laughs> you know, as, as podcast co-hosts, I mean. Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Nothing else. <laughs> what have you got for Igor? Well, for Igor, I have um, a bit of old wisdom that he uh, regales Dr. Frankenstein with while sat around the dinner table. Uh, some advice that he says is passed down to him from his father. He said something my father always used to say to, to him when he was in... Um, and he was uh, having a hard time, mm-hmm. which is, what are you doing in the bathroom day and night? Give someone else a chance. Fantastic. Take that with you this week as you as you go about your business. Just bear that in mind. You mm-hmm. just bear that in mind. Yeah, it's good to remember. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we'll uh, I guess we'll see you next time for Race Dance 
versus Ford Prefect. Looking forward to it. To talk to you slash listen to you soon. See you now. Bye.